The last time we recorded, let's just face it, a lot of stuff has happened. 9-11, you know, uh, 18 years later (laughs) happened. But uh, we're going to lay down some hot tracks for you today. It's the Random Fandom with these two Brandons. Hi, how are you? Thanks for listening to our 81st episode. What do we have in store today amongst We've got a buildup of a handful of things. I know, we need a little release. Gears 5 came out, and we've both played it and finished it. To completion. Borderlands 3 came out. We've gone... Like several hours of the in. way yeah yeah uh joker yeah is, that's is a in movie theaters happening right now and getting some real crazy reactions good reviews some people you know having issues with it um we want to talk about that we do we have a lot we have a very spoiler filled discussion and the cool thing is is being that it's been a while most of this stuff has had enough time to breathe so we're not going to be breaking anything breaking any hearts breaking any so what, so what are we spoiling though because well, there's, there's going to be spoilers. I think we're full yeah. on uh, allowed to talk about the whole uh, story and campaign of Gears Five. The story minus just the ending, because um, we haven't been. <laughs> but I feel like I'm literally on the last mission. I don't know if we mission. need to talk too much I, story on board. I have some things I want to say, oh, okay. intentionally or unintentionally spoilers. But okay. I have some things that I want to say about the game. And then Joker, we saw it last weekend, yeah, and uh, definite spoilers for sure. But hey, uh, before we do that, yeah, I know it's been. It's been great to bring 80 episodes of fake sponsors, but you know, they say 81's always better than 80. It's greater than. Nobody says that. But they should. After this, let's trademark it and tell you who's making today possible for you. We want to give a big shout out to this brand new butcher shop and restaurant. They've got both uh, in the works. Ass to Mouth. What is Ass to Mouth, Brandon? From your personal experiences. Well, I mean... Uh, as a result to our, our great fake Oh, sponsor. to the fake... Oh, I yeah, should probably please. read this then. Well, yeah, maybe maybe we should go with the script. Yeah. Yeah, tell them about it. Ass to Mouth is a new farm-to-table restaurant slash butcher shop mm-hmm. that specializes in fresh donkey burgers. Oh. They bring the ass right to your mouth. Oh. It's an exotic acquired taste that you'll never forget. I sure couldn't. You've never tasted ass like this before. It's fresh. They believe that it's what's between the buns that really matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's ass to mouth. And hey, don't knock it till you try it. Yeah, check out ass to mouth dot org. Because <laughs> they are organized. You have to be like a nonprofit or yeah. something. You want to make a clear delineation. Anyways, joy, enjoy delicious ass to mouth. Just Google ass to mouth. You'll find it. Yeah. And check them out because they are making this possible for us to tell you about. Where should we start? Where do we want to land first? Start in the order of which I said it earlier. Gears 5. Let's Gears. go games. Let's go start with video games. I am a huge Gears fan. It is my favorite franchise of all time. Nothing will change that, especially after this fifth, actually really sixth, but fifth in the line because there was Judgment, you know, the prequel. This game, first of all, putting it on uh, the Games Pass, what a what a cool thing because it was ready Games to go. Games Pass, dude, and Outer Worlds came out today? Just today, literally. Literally today. And, so, and that's not even an Xbox exclusive. That's cross-platform. Well, but, yeah. But they knew they, they were going to get... They bought the studio yeah. that made it. So. But they knew, I think, too, because uh, the same day today, you know what came out? the biggest release pretty much every year for the last like 10 years aside from madden well call of duty oh and that's always a huge so they knew that technically they were... fifa yeah, oh so yeah, F- yeah fifa yeah. let's and, say in the united states and anyways. the nba games are all that's true non-sporting yes yeah 
because war is not a sport. Did that come out today? It did come out today to great reviews, by the way. Um, But here and there. But all that to say is it was smart of them to put it out digitally because they knew they were going to get killed on a physical console level or physical level, you know, selling discs. But all that to say, putting Gears 5, having it ready to go day one on the... uh, the Games Pass, at the same time they were running that $2 special, that if you even spent five seconds online or on an Xbox, you couldn't help but see it. I mean, it's it was plastered crazy everywhere, but it was. You can buy the game and play it all the way through. And same with Outer Worlds. If you haven't signed up for it, it's like a dollar or two. Yeah, for a preview build. And then it's like $15 a month after that. And the library's awesome. Which is worth it. Well, I think we even talked about last time. It's getting impressive. When it first sprung up for me last spring, I don't know why I used past and present tense, but it was. Not so cool, and it was not polished. And the interface wasn't great. Well, they had to build a library. I mean, and the library has been built. There's, there's a lot and, of license licensing that has to go on, and it's and, relevant, and I like it. So cool, and it gives you the there. chance to play these kind of smaller games that you never would normally right. pay the fifteen or twenty bucks for. Yeah, but when it's there for free, you're like, you know what? I'm going to give this little Some indie of these game little a chance. Indie titles and just smaller. Yeah, really cool. Like the Blair Witch. What the hell? I would never go and buy that, but. It was a fun little five-hour play. I liked it. Hmm. But all that to say, it was great to be able to have this pretty much day one. Um, I had already pre-downloaded it. So, you know, midnight, whatever, ready to go. This game, it looked cool, even from when they released footage at, what, two years ago's E3 or last year's E3 when you got the sense there's a wintry concept to it. You're talking the one where they teased a bunch of stuff? And then they finally did the reveal. So yeah. whenever one that was, I was like, oh, okay. Be interested to see where this goes. Obviously, four left off in a big cliffhanger. We, but we talked about this last time because we had just started playing it. So let's let's kind of, with spoilers being what they are, intact, uh, kind of jump to the, the conclusion and looking back at the game as a whole. Besides three, which will always be one of my favorite games, let mm-hmm. alone my absolute favorite Gears game, this was right there. It was awesome. I had such a good time. There was only a little bit of drag in about like the the third act, the planet where you're just basically scavenging for rocket parts and the red sand and you're going into a lot of these old like industrial type buildings. Yeah. yeah. I just felt a little bit of drag then. But the first two chapters, especially chapter two, if you'll recall, or act two, I should say, which has how many ever chapters yeah. inside of it, when there's a lot of story development, you notice Marcus is like not even that big of a part, but he's still like overarching he has a presence yeah and that voice yeah that voice is great iconic yeah and then but uh, you're kate for the most part but you're jd in the first act and then which is a cool way to do it i mean to start off with jd yeah who was basically gears four right he was the catalyst main character judgment or am i no he was not in judgment judgment was the prequel oh that's which which ties into this game though because they brought back paddock he was like the old guy who was part of the uir the other half of the pendulum wars and he's like old as shit but still salty and awesome and then they tied him back, and then he was a pretty relevant part of this story. Uh, Dell's development is great. Um, you find out a lot of backstory that still wasn't completely tied down in number four, like the fact that Anya, you know, Marcus's now deceased wife, we knew that from four, but she was chair. She was chairperson of the new COG. I forget what they call themselves, the coalition. I know that's not the co- coalition. They made the game, but the new government order, you know, she was chairperson of it. And then, you know... Um, JD was born out of fertility testing, you know, and just mm-hmm. all this like weird little backstory that was just like, oh, it's good. Well, context. they do really well, and then of course Kate's story is really. Oh, and that's that is the that, main. I mean, that story. is the main story, which and of, hers is a fun, different take than what we've 
what we're used to. Oh, and that's the thing. When they made Gears 1, Gears 2, I doubt that they had storyboarded no, 10 years ago not. up to this point. I guarantee but they did they such did a good not. job of then going back and making their own Gears history seem coherent and relevant to the fact that like you find out how her grandmother came to be who she was, the evil Queen Mira. Well, she really wasn't evil. She was a result of some fucked up experiments. Right. And it's not really anything that she had a choice in, but then like the symbiosis hive mind grafted her to them and then she had no choice. And then the fact that her mother was, you know, taken away from her. And so she was looking for, uh, it was creepy. It, it was creepy. And that whole, when you break through the ice and go underground to that lab, and then the robot is kind of effing with you. It reminded me of a uh, civil, not civil war, uh, the winter soldier, when they find the mm-hmm. old dead scientist built his AI into a, yeah, I remember, th- I remember thinking AI. that, but then with like kind of the humor of somebody like Claptrap or something it did like have that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. ish quality. Boss fights were excellent in this game. Yeah. Um, and you know, overall the gameplay was just spot on exactly what we still want. Yeah. It had everything that we wanted from previous games, but fine tuned. Very fine tuned. Yeah. And, and it felt, it still felt updated. And then it, same thing with the weapons. Yep. You had all of the classic weapons, you know, the you, Lancer. It was Nothing the culmination can beat, of like, the all Lancer, five but, games. But then they even switched up the Lancer and gave you like a grenade launcher on the bottom of right. one. Right, or then the the uh, swarms version of the Lancer that yeah. actually starts steadying as you hold down. Yeah, and then that... there's like new the MK1, the sniper rifle. Like, yeah, they had there's some, they a had handful some... of guns. None of them felt bad. No, none of them. The Marksa was actually from Judgment. They introduced that in Judgment. That was oh. the one they brought back from Judgment. They also uh, refined and brought back some of the weapons that you. Um, uh, got off of the DBs from Gears 4, mm-hmm. like the more mechanical guns, and which are to more fun than practical. But like if you're looking for that cool, uh, that, that overkill, that like eight burst shotgun, that gun is just That gun wrecks. is amazing. By the way, it wrecks in multiplayer. I can actually do okay for the split second that I have that in multiplayer. Other than that, I'm trash. But the multiplayer aside, that's not really my jam, though I did check out some of the, the features, and the new escape mode is actually pretty fun. Horde is great. Multiplayer, I just get killed. Don't even bother with it. But let's focus on the campaign itself. And uh, I just got to say, the story pulled me in. And let's let's face it, when now having completed Gears 5 and anyone you talk to having completed Gears 5, it comes down to that Sophie's Choice, which is a gut punch. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was horrible. You know what I didn't I, I at first. I mean, this is a big spoiler. Yeah, this is like the but spoiler there is of the game. A specific time where you have to choose who lives, who, who lives, and who dies. As Kate, you choose which one of your your squad and your friends who lives and dies. And I'm just like, wait, they're not going to kill. And JG. it came out of nowhere. It really sense. did. It like, really caught me off guard. It after feeling in like stream. everybody is invincible, because I mean, oh, let's be honest, your team goes through so much. And nobody ever dies. They'll yeah, no, Delta is unkillable for the most part. Maybe an ancillary character uh, takes a leave here or there or something like that. But yeah, this game has shown us in the past, obviously in Gears 3, they're not afraid to you know, say goodbye to a major character. And then the fact that now it's your choice and which one of your three squad mates or which one three? of the two, yeah, of two of the three squad mates from four who really have been on this journey together and rediscovering their own version of D-Day, or E-Day, the Emergence Day, and doing all this backlog of truth. And like the the fact that they really... Because the obvious choice, when you're looking at this when I was playing, is from Kate's eyes, and Dell was, at least in this game, a bigger supporter of Kate's. And yet JD was still there for her and tried to make up for the fact that he was kind of a dick. I think 90% first. of the people... 
Well, I would love to see like a Telltale Save game. Dell. Yeah, I know I did. Well, actually, I didn't do anything at first. I was just like, no, they're not going to do this. So I just didn't push just anything. Wait. Yeah. I'm just like, they'll bail me out. And then all of a sudden, it's like just the red crimson omen comes over the screen. I'm like, shit. So I'm like, it really wants me to make a choice. But then I thought, even if I make a choice, like something will work out. There'll be a, like a deus ex machina thing. Nope. Someone's going to come save the day. And no, d- dude gets his neck snapped. And then I played it back with Dell. And then just to watch, like, there's only two different uh, cutscenes. It's the same cutscene, but just two different outcomes. But as far as the emotional heft of it, if you're looking through the main character's eyes of this story, you know, Marcus is is Gears, but this isn't his story anymore. You know, he's a part of it. So I was like, okay, what's going to be more impactful for Kate? And then, you know, I think they crafted it for you to probably want to see Dell survive. But they, oh, they totally But did. they did a good job of creating doubt as to whether or not JD should survive or not. I mean, he was the main character for he's Marcus's son. And you know who I feel bad for regardless is Marcus. Like, dude, if oh, yeah. you chose Well, and he JD, didn't have time to... He, he didn't have time to it. mourn. No, and just like in when he uh, he found out that Dom, you know, sacrificed himself, he's like, we still got a war to fight. That's literally, like, almost verbatim what he says. And back in Gears 3. And then now again, he's just like... He cusses his son out for like, God damn it, JD. And then he's like, oh, come on. We're not done yet. I'm just like, he's lost his father. If you remember, he lost him in 3. He lost his best friend, Dom. He's lost his son. He's lost his wife. I mean, how much sadder can his story get? Well, that's the thing. He, he's he's he more soldier on. than he is Yeah, he's becoming like a machine brain. In um, a way. Yeah. I just, and I just love Marcus so much and his presence and his contributions to this game, even though for the most part, he's off screen, you know? Mm-hmm. And this game just... Well, that makes it so when he's on screen, it's a treat. Yeah. And... uh this game was just great. Kind of another cliffhanger ending, though. I was like, "Cool, let's go get the bitch." And then it's like, "Yeah." And Gear uh, Six. Nope, it's that's like, Gear Six. Damn it! I want to. I want to see where we go from here. So let's I, t- I have a feeling they know where they're going, though. You know what I mean? Oh, I think they do. Yeah. I think they wrote that stuff out. Yeah. At least storyboarded for the most part. I would say so. So let's talk about the overall, like the structure of the game, because as you mentioned. The first couple of acts, mm-hmm. very heavy in the action. Yeah, and then there were some times in the middle There's where a, yeah. it opened up to uh, it opened up to open world, which I don't mind. I am an open world fan. I applaud them for trying something out of their lane a little bit. But it felt like it was forced in there, and I didn't know if it was necessary. It's like it's like I'm kind of of two minds because of one mind, I don't mind it no. being in there, and it's actually kind of fun to ride the skiff. No, skiff was a. A major and character was, in this game. And it was nice that you had these, I'm going to air quote, side quests. Mm-hmm. Because really... I Excuses mean, side, to basically upgrade your bot. They're side quests, but like they're really... I mean, there's they're, they're just go to a place, find a little yellow thing to put in your bot, and then fight a bunch of people. I mean, that's really what every uh, single yeah. one of them are. But at the same time, I guess that's kind of what the gameplay is. So. Yeah, that, that pretty much is. It just didn't have the stakes. But I appreciate the effort. The result, eh, I could have taken or leave it, but you know, when you're but ten plus game, years deep into a franchise, it's your sixth entry. It's okay to try something new, so it doesn't feel like you're just rinsing and repeating. Yeah, and I, I appreciate the effort, and I think that it added to it more than it took away from it. What I would have liked was a little bit more open world on foot. Sure, because the on foot sections were still very linear. They are on the rails for sure, and uh, it would have been nice to have a little bit more open world. Maybe where I mean they I they kind of did do this where you're on foot, not in action, and you you can go up and talk to people and whatnot. Yeah. Um. 
But I just felt like it was still linear. There was always just that one place, one way to go. Yeah. And it would have been nice if there were some side quests that you could just run to. I feel you. Instead of hopping on the skiff and riding. I, I just made it feel like the, the, the game over the years has been so condensed, and then they just open it up, and it just seems out of place for It went game. from 0 to 60 a little fast, yeah. Like a little intermediary, intermediary ground would have been probably the better play, but I agree. Um, another thing that they tried doing differently, as we're wrapping this up on Gears, is uh, the skill tree. Not for your characters, but for Jack. I thought that was a clever way of doing it. I think it keeps you interested. It kept you wanting then to uh, explore, not just go directly to your objective, maybe to take a little side quest or, uh, you know, the opposite path or that room that's not as illuminated. And I really felt like that had value to the gameplay. There's a lot, especially like during a gunfight to go to do uh, grenades. Nope. Um, commanding Jack, no switching his prompt, uh, prompting him then to utilize attack or skill mm-hmm. Uh, the reloads, I love how the reloads, you don't actually, you can reload the whole clip off of just one fire. Have you noticed that? If you botch it mm-hmm. and you don't get it, you can reload again. You don't have to fire your whole clip or anything like that. I thought that just these little tiny tweaks they made. Quality of life improvements that they made. Yeah, there's just these little tiny tweaks, but it really added up to the the gameplay and the game mecha- mechanics and the mechanisms. Were uh, polished. Were very polished. It was such a smooth game. And the... It was beautiful. I think, I mean, I think there was one glitch that I had to like shut my console down or I shut the game down or something like that, but it was one. And I mean, in today's world, I I expect it, (laughs) it's sad to say, but I expected a lot more. Well, yeah. These things are running at such a high level. I mean, we'll get into Borderlands in a bit, but Borderlands can be pretty glitchy. If you were to look at that by comparison, yeah, we got a pretty light in gears. I mean, I've had a lot of glitches in that game. So between just the improved mechanics still the just the satisfaction that you get from the core of a gears game the really engaging story which i again four was kind of the low point for me uh, of, of all the gears games so i really yeah. felt and like this made up story. for it yeah it was a story that... and then the fact that they just ended on such a, a cliffhanger i'm like wait no we're just getting started this game really sought out to answer some things but still present future considerations yeah. All those things, you know, and I, of course I am a, a an admitted fan, but I'm not too too much of a fan to call out something I don't like. There was hardly anything I disliked about this game. I have to like say if I was to, you know, write a review, um, it's a solid nine for me. It was like it was entry level in in into an A grade game. Yeah, I I think I can't I can't think of anything that I didn't like about this game, mm-hmm. but. To be honest, there were times where I would not play it for days because I didn't feel like there was something pulling me back in to play it. Sure. You know, and something like Borderlands is something that I think about when I'm not home, when I'm at work. Yeah. I don't know exactly what it is. There's different types of gratification, you know. Yeah. Borderlands is is more of like a, a collecting game, whereas Gears is more of a story game, you know. Totally. You don't play Borderlands per se for the story well and i think that the thing about gears is especially this one i like gears i like the gameplay but the gameplay can get a little repetitive repetitive yeah i mean inherently so but you don't want to jip people and be like oh yeah it's only a six hour game you know totally you want a good 12 to 15 hours campaign and so i think and to have enough variety there i think their campaign was a good length i think that that's one of the reasons they opened up the worlds and gave you side missions so sorry i'm gonna say something real quick there was a good variety in this game too of um, 
AI and enemies. Uh-huh. I, I felt that was something that they really lacked in number four. It was just like the first half of the game was DBs. It's like, okay, mm. just killing robots again. Now you had a really good variety along with the weapon. So that made me feel like there's something more to look forward to, you know, when it was starting to get a little stagnant or repetitive. Yeah. I'd be curious to see how they innovate on this game in number six. Yeah. Because I don't know what they would do, but I feel like they need to do something because the story is good, but it's not enough to pull me in. I right. need to have, like, I maybe the thing about Borderlands is that every time I hop on Borderlands, I feel like the gameplay is a little bit different because the weapons are so different. Well, we'll talk about Borderlands in a second. No, I'm I just think, by comparison. I'm just saying. I feel you. It's like there's oh, being though those are the big two titles we played in the last right. time since we recorded. Anyways, and I'm, I feel and I'm always interested in trying new things. Yeah, and there's a lot of improvements in the weapons, and there's a lot more weapons which I really enjoyed in Gears Five, but I still felt like the shooting mechanic and everything felt so much the same. The mm-hmm. cover shooter thing. And so something about the gameplay did not keep me coming back. Okay. Finishing the story was the only thing that did. Yeah. That was the biggest interest point for me. That was the biggest draw for me. Yeah. All right. So do you want to move on to Borderlands now or do you got some final thoughts? No, no. I think I think that's all I've got. Really I'd, awesome. It's you, my second favorite game of the year so far. You'd give it a nine. I'd say I'd probably give it an 8.5. Cool, man. Borderlands 3. We were there day one. In fact... Uh, I went to the mall with my fellow gamers and not the type that make you proud to be a gamer always. Like where you're like, oh, this line oh, that I'm standing smells. in smells. Yeah. And these guys are really uncomfortable. <laughs> no, what? I totally was at uh But I we went and got GameStop. it day one. Yep, GameStop. Day one-ish. And uh, yeah, we both made a point to uh, play it the following day. And right off the bat, it's buggy. It's got some glitches. Yeah. They've since... Um, smooth some of them out. My, my, it's nowhere near, but it's not perfect at all. Always, yeah, and that is a real bum deal. Um, and the frame rate, it okay. So like drops and tries to catch up. So I play on uh, a, the old, the standard Xbox One. Yeah, the entry. Do you are you the same? I'm a, a one S. Okay, yeah. so your one S should be faster, In and so theory. you probably have much less of that frame rate dropping and lag as I do much less. Yes, but still some. Oh yeah. And so same thing on when I'm playing with people on PlayStation, cause I have it on both. And I think we talked about that mm-hmm. um, in the last podcast where I downloaded it on PlayStation to play with those guys. And I down, all right. And then I bought the disc on Xbox to play with you. Yeah. And I'm doing both fairly simultaneously. Well, well you get two classes at once anyway. So you get like it half is, a feel. I know. I do like that. Yeah. It is fun. Um, but it sometimes I'll press the wrong special button thinking it's doing one oh, thing, sure, and, sure. you know, cause I'm yeah. like, Oh yeah, I forgot which console I'm playing on. But the guys that have the PlayStation, uh, pros that I'm playing with, I, you know, on my game will be skipping completely. I'm like, Oh my God, guys, my frame rate is dropping. I can't even play with them. And they're like, Oh, ours is fine. And so I'm, I know it's not like our server. I know it's not our game. It's my Xbox. Yeah. Can't handle all of the pretty colors that are shooting out of things. <laughs> There's yeah. a lot that goes on. Yes. So let's. I'm gonna get the kind of negatives out of the way first, and then focus on the positives because I do. I do like this game. I always have liked this franchise. Um, negatives for me. Story's not great. No, the stories and the characters, and primarily kind of suck. The 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 good guys, the the um, Crimson Raiders, the. The resistance fighters, just very generic. And it's a lot of the same guys. And it's just like, okay. And they're just doing the same thing. 
So I can understand why some people online negatively have just said, oh, it's Borderlands two and a half or it's Borderlands two. That was a pre-sequel. <laughs> Pretty much, right? Um, intentionally. So, yeah. But this time it's just what it feels like. The The bad guys, they're horrible. They are. And it's not like they're obnoxious. No, they're supposed to be. No, they're just stupid. Uh, the brother, sister, and just talking like they're YouTubers and... Uh, you know, they they are side characters on a side mission on any other game for me. They genuinely just obnoxious. Not like, oh, no, they're supposed to be. No, just to the point where I'm like, this sucks it, for me. It, yeah. They, Especially after Handsome Jack. Yeah, it's exactly. Jack was one of the best villains in all of video game history. And he was funny. And that's the thing. It, it's like the guy who has to try too hard. That's what these twins, Ty, Ty, Tyrene and... I don't know. John? Like, <laughs> I don't remember. Bob? And they just made him so generic. Like, one guy has got a really long arm, mechanical, and the other girl is a siren sucker, you know? Yeah. It's just like, what? I don't know. And where'd they come from? They're well, the lamest part of a not great story. Totally agree. I think that when I when the story first started and we first meet them, I don't mind them, but as they go through the story... And they, they force them on you too much. It just seems like, it seems like they had a bunch of seventy-year-olds in the writers' room who are looking up and googling what's cool with the kids these days. Yeah, like just scanning Urban Dictionary and trying to put in like cool terms or manners of speak. Like, bye. I hate when people do that. For but instance. I, here's it's the not thing. Funny. But I know that they're being tongue in cheek. I know that. Like the the writers right now, if they were to listen to us, which they wouldn't because they're not one of the eight listeners. They would be like, guys, we know that's the point. It's supposed to be tongue-in-cheek. It's supposed to be stupid and cheesy. Not for a main bad guy, though. Like the, It just doesn't make me feel like there's any stakes between like the final showdown when it does come. Yeah. yeah. It, it just, well, and, and like I mean, when Handsome me, Jack just... showed up, like he made an impact, you know? And he was funny, but it, he was also psychotic. These guys are just annoying and brats. Yeah. They're bratty. And oh. I, think, I think that the, the Handsome Jack, when... when when something about pop culture, current events comes up, it's it's like funny when he does it somehow. It's yeah. just funny because it's it's he's just so sarcastic. Yeah. These guys, their whole lives are based around pop culture and this YouTube video culture that you were talking about. And it makes it so it's like, pick something else. Yeah. Just pick something else because it's, it's just the whole bane tiring. of their existence yeah you know yeah that's all they are i'm sure that if you've played it you're open to your own opinion but that does seem to be the consensus out there and i'm not just saying it oh i read this so i think this way it's just good to know i'm like i'm not the only one who's just really yeah. like feeling like this is a big detraction from the game that being said um another negative i just want to get out of the way there is how do i say this without like no titties. I know. It's like, what? Well, yeah. And that it's that's not what I was promised because I figured it had an M rating, you know. But there's just not enough variety for me. And some of the in side... What, in what way? Just, you mean in gameplay or in, like, guns? Because I feel like there's a lot. No, the guns, they almost... It's too much, like, because I'm constantly spending... Like, the most time I've spent not just battling is just dealing with inventory. And that's fine. It's a good problem. No, the, the gunplay... The gunplay, the gun selection, totally fine. Plenty. I feel like the enemy variety is just not varied much. You know what I mean? I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah. 
She's like, oh, here's they've a cycle, here's been, a tink, you know. But it's never just, been that varied. I guess I'm just nosing it more. Yeah, maybe because I bought the. But to be fair, there's a lot more enemies in this game than there were in any of the past games, especially hmm. by the fact that you're going to multiple planets, and each planet has yeah. completely different type of enemies. True. That w- I would say that's actually a good part of it. Let me ask you because I've been talking here for a few minutes. Do you have any other negatives? Like anything that makes you go? Mm. No, my two, my two number. My two number ones. My two number ones. <laughs> my nice. number one issue is the glitching. Yeah. And my number two is just those villain characters that... Well, yeah. and, and, and a lot of the characters. I think some of the characters are funny, and some of the characters are really just not. Like, the there's one character who talks um, very much like a southern yokel. And I can't remember. But whatever. It's like in the swampy area yeah, yeah, on that but, Jacob's planet or whatever. Yeah. And just from hearing him immediately, I was like, oh my God, somebody's just overacting to the point where it's not funny anymore. Yeah. It's like when like someone's like, oh, you know, just do like a Southern voice like this, you know, trying to like, yeah, it's it, like, yeah, it's like just, the, it's like the Southern bots that were in the Transformers movies. Very much so. It's like, no, you didn't need to go there. A, that's racist. B, that's just no, They were bad. urban. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Ratchet and Clank or whatever their stupid names were. Oh, I know. I know what I want to say navigation is not great in I this game. I think it's totally fine. I think I, you have an issue with it. Then that's fine. So Same with speaking driving. for myself, the dri- and the driving's piss poor in this game. The controls... See, it, to me, it's it's like Halo controls. I never liked that. So yeah. 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 Okay. Um, but the navigation to me does not feel instinctual. And there's some things I had to look up online. I'm like, why didn't the game just tell me that? Like, just explain that in a brief tutorial. Like, you can do an orbit view of the planet and then select where you want to go. Right. I always thought you had to, like, just... uh, There's just... It's not... How do I say? It doesn't feel natural in this game. But at least it tries to do more commandeering than it ever did before. I will admit it took me a while to get the No, once I get it, yeah. But once I got it, I actually really like it. I just don't ever feel like there was a point where it explained you how to do that. No, I... But... Honestly, all you had to do was read the bottom prompts to, yeah, to to see to take the planet view and you know what I mean and right. So those are the things that that frustrate me with the game, and yet for the last month, majority of that has been what we've been playing. I've been playing. You've been playing. So there's obviously a lot of good in it. Uh, here's a lot of the good for me. It's another Borderlands game. No and game it's done right. Yes, as far for as for the most part, the loot and shoot aspect of it, which at its core is what this game is all about. So humor, looting, shooting, all there um, without feeling like a repackage per se. See, and, yeah, and, and I don't want to stop you, but I just yeah. do want to touch on something. Please. The pre-sequel after Borderlands 2 came out, mm-hmm. and I played them pretty close back to back. Yeah. It felt like the exact same game. Oh, it was a carbon it copy. It just felt like additional missions. Yeah. This one does feel like a brand new game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, everything from... The characters are so much better. Like the pre-sequel characters just... No, they were afterthoughts. They were. It just felt like it was DLC at its at its best. Mm-hmm. It was never its own game. Number three totally deserves the number three. Like it, I t- absolutely feel like yeah. it is its own it, it's game. It's not DLC. With it's all not its two and improvements. A half. I, I see why people would say that in some regards. I, I get it. But if you look at the game as a whole, you know, it tries to incorporate a lot of things that hadn't before interplanetary travel. That's great. When you first left Pandora, I was like, whoa, whoa, what are we doing? I know. You're like, no, we can't leave Pandora. No, yeah. And I was just like... (laughs) This is Borderlands. How do we do that? And yet they they made a good reason as to why. 
although sometimes I'm, I'm annoyed by the switching back and forth to planets and then the inevitable loading screens that come with it, I applaud where it came from and why they did it. And I think it's cool. I don't know if ever there'll be a Borderlands 4. Oh, um, yeah. Of course. But, you know, when, I should say, not if. I don't know if they'll look to keep that or if they'll consolidate it to one, you know, area or planet or whatever, fill in the blank. But I I do like the the intention behind it. Mm-hmm. I like a lot of little things like you get your own room now aboard Sanctuary. You can Which claim isn't a big addition. It's not. And there's just, not much to go, but it's just another additional thing. Like that we were talking like, about these neat. little tweaks that they made, like in Gears Five, that just make it one more thing that they can offer or present. Getting or to lost do. loot. Lost loot is, by the way, Smart. I've left behind some really cool stuff. I'm like, oh shit, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, the 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 bank, the, as far as storage in your room, little things like that. Do you know how many times I've come back to it and actually used it? Maybe one. But, but it's, it's nice good to know it's there it. because what if that's my style of play? It really yep. lets you choose your own adventure as far as your skill tree again. <laughs> yeah. And uh, did you say at GameStop? No, I said and game style. Oh, that's why I like gave a curse laugh. Like, okay, what was that? Because I thought you said <laughs> at, at GameStop. I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah, you, yeah, it's your. We own... did buy it at GameStop. We did have adventures at GameStop when we bought it. Smelly adventures <laughs> at GameStop with fellow gamers. Really appreciate so, s- some of the new mechanics. Nah, mechanics isn't the right word, but the new. Uh, features in the game yeah. mechanically it's very much the same style i would have but it's li- polished man. it is it is real i would have liked better graphics i don't play really? games for graphics but it still uh, just seems like good. 360 graphics to me and i know it's you know it's an animated style it's the different style yeah, just at times it just felt like it could it's a lot more plush though if you yeah, think about the, like the you world go is to a, a swamp more... planet and there's so many I think that's my favorite planet. So, so much far. like plant life yeah. and animals. And dinosaurs. And and dinosaurs. I love shooting dinosaurs. And the weapons are so much more colorful. Yeah, like the you weapons can have, are great. Uh, you know, there's a one of my favorite weapons that I've played with. Well, then there's several of them, but the weapons that when you reload, it you throw throws them out as an explosive. Into different style projectiles. Some are and then yeah, yeah. The, T- more uh, projectiles come out and then like, you know, maybe heat seek on your enemy. But all of that, it's this big, colorful, like blue explosion, and that's a lot for a system yeah. to take. You know, the the game I've noticed even on my my console, which is now years old and you know way behind the starting line. Um, even on my console, though, being that it's can process a little more, a little faster in theory, I've noticed it freezes up, especially in a big gunfight. You know, like when the psychos mm-hmm. are jumping at you and tinks are launching grenades and you know you're launching them back and then you're using your command attacks and your skill trees and um there's a lot going on and it does it well it just makes you feel like i have no idea what's going on but but you kind of do at the same time yeah like there's a there's there's chaos but you get good at the game to the point where you understand the chaos. yeah like navigating through it and steering through it and then when to time your uh your reload so you can get that second life or you know something like that um the game does combat just as good if not better than any time before which i really appreciate the variety in the guns yeah my i think my two favorite parts of this entire game are the characters that you can play as and their abilities yeah and and the guns yeah like the guns the guns are just so so good and i am not an inventory management type person i'm usually annoyed by it i love it i love it it's fun absolutely it's like opening a pack of cards and be like oh did i get the hologram card this time or the special card or the card with the autograph loot boxes without having to pay or wait for loot yeah like it's like it's this game is constantly giving you these loot boxes in a sense and you just have to be like oh my god what is this gun? What is this? Is this better than this? Yeah, and then you have to compare them and weigh your options and then see what other um, like artifacts and other things you have 
currently in your outfit would complement this yeah. gun with this. Oh, do I want a pistol as my fourth option? Do I want a rocket launcher? How much capacity do I have? So even though it is a lot of inventory management, it brings joy. It's like, to me, it reminds me of like when I would uh, organize my baseball cards in my sleeve. I'm like, no, I want them this way. No, I'm going to organize them alphabetically. No, now I'm one by team. You know, just little things like that. But sure. it's always fun. It's like makes you feel like it's personalized and it's yours. And it's like something you can then show off like... And you can completely... You can have one gun that is a completely different play style than the other gun. Oh, at one point I had all four... Just all four slots with sniper rifles. Different huh, sniper rifles. interesting. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, dude. Well, and that's the thing. It's like a sniper rifle doesn't necessarily mean it's a sniper rifle. It could no. be a very high-powered but oh, low-clip uh, assault rifle almost. And then same with a grenade launcher. You can have a regular grenade launcher. You can have a grenade launcher that shoots out six at one time. Yeah. Or... Or actually, I just got a grenade launcher after beating a certain boss that shoots out these giant razor blades that awesome. spin across the ground. Yeah, yeah, this game likes or its the saw ones blades. That just shoots like this, like constant stream of like acid or whatever that stuff is. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's so many varieties within the gun types, and it makes the sheer volume of variety, which just seems almost infinitely generated between gun types and gun perks and clip sizes and all the stats. It makes up for the fact that you cannot customize the guns. It's like, we will give you such a variety. Well, of, I don't know. You it, get weapon trinkets. <laughs> that are so inevitably, stupid. you'll find the one you're looking for, even if it's only for that mission or that level that you're at, because then you might outgrow it just, you know, a mission mm-hmm. later or a level later. Um, can, I, can we talk about the characters? We can. Go ahead. So we the, talked about the bad ones. We don't like them. But anyone else? Well, so I've, pl- I've only played as two. And I've, oh, the playable characters. The, that's the what I mean. Hunters. Yes. Okay, I'm sorry. The playable characters. Yeah. I've played as Mose and Zane. The Zane, drone guy and then the well, bot, he, bot girl? Well, he, he has a drone, which is what I'm currently using, but he also has the shield and the digiclone. Yeah. And so when I first started playing, I did shield and digiclone, and it just kind of got old. Yeah. And, and then you so respect, I yeah. respect and did I the drone, which is good, but it's... I don't know. There's something about playing as Zane that is just... There's just nothing. There's not much fun about it. Yeah, which is weird because he was my number one. I wanted to play as him. Mose, who has the mech. Yeah, that is super fun to play as. For sure, I can't wait to do that. Will be my next play. And you've got Flack. Yeah, who you should try the Beastmaster. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I want to try. Uh, what's her name? The Siren. Start starts with an M. I don't know the name, but she's the Siren. So she's type. the one I didn't want to play as at first because I was like, oh, she looks really like melee, and I'm, well, why would I want to play a strong melee character no, in Borderlands? Yeah, but no, people are liking her. Well, I'll give her a shot too. People are saying Flack is overpowered though. He kind of is and it kind of rules. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm about to embark on the last mission. I've done a real big scoop of side what, missions. What level is that for you? The, you know? It corresponds with me being at like a 36 currently. I know everyone gets there. I think there I'm at 32. Own... Yeah, everyone gets there at their own that. rate though. But I'm further on PlayStation. I'm probably 34. Maybe. Yeah, that's about right. Um, I'm sure they have an algorithm somewhere. Uh, let's wrap it up on this. Between the good, the bad, and the ugly... How would you uh, how would you rate this game? I love this game. I think this is, for me, this is my game of the year so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, we've got a lot to come. Yeah, for the rest of the year, it's going to get busy. But this is my this is my favorite game that I've played this year. It's the only one that's constantly just making me want to go back and play. And yeah, it's they do such a good job of making the co op fun. Yes. And I, I, I love that. You don't get that in many games anymore. No, they I know gears or gears games are really gearing up towards the single player experience. Which which outside I like. of the I multiplayer. totally like that. Right. But this one but as far as like campaigns go, yeah. And it, it campaigns it co op campaigns very smartly in this game. We can be playing if it's your yeah. host game, you see things and you experience things at the same time on screen 
constructed to your level, to your skill, uh-huh. and yet I can be shooting that same guy, but his hits register differently from my gun with my level. Isn't that crazy? That's pretty cool. That takes the a lot of The enemies are smarts. leveled and the weapons are leveled. And I don't feel like it's ever been this good in the past. Well, no, because in the past it was it all wasn't. competitive in a way. Yeah. Where if there was a gun and I was playing on your game it, I and you were three levels higher than me, then that gun was probably that level and Locked. I couldn't use it yet. Yeah. But it, we'd also, it would be like a kind of a, oh man, you took that gun. I really wanted to use that. Yeah, you dickhole. Yeah. And now it's not like that. I mean, you can choose that at the beginning. You can choose that competitive or co op. Yeah. And, but if you choose a cooperative, everybody gets their own experience. There's no limitation on the guns. You're not going to have your friend stealing one from you. But, and in the end, you could trade them all they, anyway. They did smooth that out to a very uh, commendable level for sure. Yeah. I think that is definitely one of the strong suits. Um, I'll just say, you know, for the bad we mentioned, uh, that probably resonates a little harder with me. The glitches, especially early on, like when just a part would just stay on your screen and you couldn't get rid of it for like an hour, you know? Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that that hasn't happened in a while. It hasn't. Well, I got it last night, but you just hit huh. select and then it goes away. Um, but I shouldn't have to do that. It's an eight for me. A very solid eight. It's a nine for me. Mm-hmm. And it would be a 9.5 or higher if... The enemies were mainly the main bad baddies were written better, and if there wasn't so many glitches going on, agreed. Yeah, they they just not compelling. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see how this resolves. Like when Handsome Jack shows up in two and kills Roland, I was just like, oh shit. Like, but there's, like, there's an insane. There are incident. good ones though, like Pain and Pain and Killer or whatever those. Oh, uh, Pen and Teller is Pain and Terror. Pain and Terror that was pretty funny. Like I like I think that stuff is clever, and they. They added a uniqueness because they were in this gigantic. That was cool. That was car, a highlight. Like rolling, whatever you would call it. I don't know. Like and, an apocalypse on wheels. And the cool. enemy was super cool when that showed up. Boss fights are pretty legit in this. Boss game fights too. are very cool. Very creative. And that very one fun. where you're in the uh, T Rex and and like that giant monkey thing. Oh, fun! It was Godzilla versus King Kong, basically. But you're also then you have to just kill them both. Yeah. Oh, and then uh, what was it, Gigamind or whatever? Oh, the guy who uses sound and like blasts. Well, the guy with the brain. Oh, him. Yeah, he was like the second big boss. But yeah. like, I they, that was fun. They, they actually had, and I saw something on this, but they had a guy specifically. His job was to design the bosses and the boss fights. Well, he did a good job. And he did a, an amazing job. I think it would be the best job in the world. That would How be fun. How fun would that be? Yeah. The you, said, you did say I that did, kind I of weird. Yeah, I had to pause that. Hey, All bebe. Right. All well, right, so let's let's move on. That Here's what we're going nice. to do. We're going to transition. Thank you for listening to all that video game talk. That was a lot, but it's worth it. And we're going to transition into movies, which will contain our topic of the week. Play it. <laughs> movies. Uh, Netflix had one. Joker. <laughs> we'll get there. That will be our topic of the Joker. week. Dear friend. Real quick. Two minutes. Joker. How? Well, Maybe. Did you like El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie? Because that was something. Oh, uh, I did. I didn't mind it. I thought it was. I thought it was worth watching. Yes, as a Breaking Bad full fledged movie. But I get that that was. It felt like one long episode. episode. Yeah, but not in a way that like sucked or dragged on. It basically always it was like an epilogue. Is an epilogue come like after the main story, right? Because the prologue's before. Yeah, yeah, and a prolapse colons if something goes wrong with your butthole. I think. Mm-hmm. Hope never to know from personal experience. This did feel like that epilogue of, hey, whatever happened to Jesse? You know, because we know Walt's dead. So who's the next most popular character in Breaking Bad? Jesse. Well, sure. And but it wasn't funny. It wasn't 
Although there was one funny part that made me laugh, but it was it was all like sad in a way. But it's just like well, I mean, he just kept getting. I mean, all this bad stuff kept happening to this character that you feel like it just got this worst hand at life. Like yeah. made a few bad he, decisions. He dug his own and, grave, but yes. not this deep that he was of a hole. That's he a was good. In. That's a really good way to put yeah. it. And this is him getting out of it, and it's all against all odds. Yeah, kind of makes it. And it felt like just one really long night once you realize the trajectory of the actual story without the flashbacks, which helped construct mm-hmm. you know how things just got so bad for him and the relationship between him and Todd. And of course, you knew you didn't know when it was coming, but you knew at some point you're like, oh, if this is bringing a bad movie, they're going to have to do a flashback of some sort with uh, Walter and stuff like that. But I like how, you know, even a lot of these characters that you see on screen are now dead. His girlfriend, Jessica Jones, uh, Michael Ermintrout, you know, the old guy. Um, hey, his girlfriend is Jessica Jones. <laughs> I, I don't remember her actual <laughs> character name. I know her real name is Kristen Ritter, but um, I know her as Jessica Jones. Um, you know, and it was just like a lot of fan service, even only if in flashback in that scene in the diner between him and uh, Walter was was cool, even though it had no impact on the story. But it's just kind of like a, a sweet little send off. Be like, oh, remember the good old days when just they were just two little they're just talking small town about meth yeah, cooks, exactly you know, before this whole freaking crazy ride exploded in their face. It was cool. I really did enjoy it. It didn't feel like a, like oh god, you got to see this, but it was just a nice little way to tie it together. But I think we mentioned this, and I think you'll agree, even if we didn't mention this, it felt like just a little late to the party it's like so why oh, yeah. do we have this like a year after breaking bad ended back in what 2015 2016 yeah, this should have came out five years ago yeah i mean and you mentioned it four, well and four I, I see it now in retrospect he looked almost too old to be playing jesse pinkman because if you watch season one's jesse pinkman versus now and granted we know in real life he's 10 years old or whatever it may be but it's supposed to take place like the night after the shootout with the white supremacist gang when walt basically you know dies right. in blaze of glory so that was a little like, well, it just seemed like a missed opportunity or not as timely to do it now. I'm glad they did it, though. And I like how, you know, Jesse was the star and he just basically had nothing left to lose. He's like, look, if you kill me, that's fine. At least I'm going to die trying because he knows that if things don't go his way and if he doesn't get the hell out of town, he's a goner anyways. And it had like a sweet ending like oh this guy whose life has been nothing but chaos and he's been a prisoner and you can see he's like gun shy and he's like like a like literally a caged animal because he was locked up like he might have a chance at a second go of life and then i thought like the send-off that things were like actually gonna be okay even though he steals from his parents when he like told him hey you did everything you can it's okay can you come get me and he did that misdirect so the cops would then follow him out i thought that was a way of him saying goodbye and thank you (laughs) and sorry it's a shitty way to say goodbye yeah, but in his own way, though. It yeah. works. It's a Jesse Pinkman send-off. The scene I really liked, the last thing I'm going to say, was you know when he's like, you didn't call the cops. Here's how I know. And he starts like lecturing the guy. And then as he's the like... The cop comes up. Yeah, that was pretty funny. The guy's like, you might want to leave. Uh, <laughs> take your money with you. Yeah. Uh, that guy died in real life. That's like two days after the movie came out. Really? Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Well, at least he got that movie in. Well, okay. So that was small time. Let's talk <laughs> yeah. big time. It is our topic of the week. It is our spoiler-filled discussion of... Joker. You know how when a Marvel movie comes out or like a DC movie like Suicide Squad or whatever, you get a lot of discussions in the pop culture spheres from the fans. Mm -hmm. This movie is totally getting this universal renown 
for the quality of the film and how different it is. It's not a comic book from movie. being a normal comic book movie. Even like the R-rated type that have come before it, a la Deadpool or Logan. It's, it's it's closer to Logan, but even then, like this is such a psychological movie more than it is anything else. Yeah, I agree. I left the theaters feeling like I hadn't seen anything quite like that before. I don't know why, but the, I can't escape this uh, comparison. It just reminded me, especially that end scene, which we'll get into, of the music video for the song Jeremy. You remember Jeremy? Mm-hmm. Pearl Jam? Yeah. I yeah. I don't know why, but I just that it immediately evoked that for me. Just like this guy who's like... Who's uh, just messed up in the head and just yeah, sees and then, violence in his own mind. And took it out publicly. Yeah, I think it's... I mean, like, this is a guy who never realized why he was so unhappy. You know what I mean? He like, knew something was wrong, though, and yes. he asked for help, and then... But he also tried so hard to be happy. Yeah. And I think that was... So let's let's kind of take a look at this the psychological piece to it. Mm-hmm. Because knowing who the Joker is and who the Joker kind of... And I don't mean even this Joker. I mean the Joker as in the overall DC character. Yeah. Knowing who that character becomes, it's... There's always been this question, like, how did he get to that point? And the comics have tried to touch on it a bit. Right. But this really takes it from a psychological point to where, as you can see, he thought his purpose in life was to make people laugh. Yeah. And he wanted to make people happy, and his mom called him happy. And just over and over again, the world beats him up. And you can just see his mental state slipping further and further to whereas he only realizes that in the chaos and in the pain and in the agony is where he is truly happy. Yeah. And that's what's so interesting about this because you wonder how somebody like the Joker could get to where they are and how they could become the clown, how they could laugh all the time at something like this. And this answers all of those it questions. It answers so many so questions beautifully. with sensitivity uh-huh. and not justification like, oh, see, he should be killing people or no, feel bad for him. You don't feel bad for him at times. At times, I mean, you like, do and you don't. Yeah, but like it, it leaves you. This movie did a great job of leaving you to your own, you know, jumping to your own conclusions um, about how you should feel about him and his actions. Yeah, and, very he, true. and that's the thing when the city around him is burning and there's a great, even though it's just all started over a garbage strike, basically, but there's a great undertone of why things around him are turning to shit and why it's the perfect time for him to step into his role as, you know, Joker, even though it's not a name for he chose for himself. And I thought they did that also very well of mm-hmm. explained that. And by the end of it, how he's got this full city of support, and but he didn't want any of it. He's just like, I don't care about any of this. But, but it, it it answers that question about how does this one guy so who goes who is just crazy, yeah, pull in so many supporters who are willing to do some weird stuff for him. Yeah, that's because it shows a city Gotham is just so screwed up. Yeah, so screwed up, and the people are just sick and tired of the corruption and the power and the greed, and they're tired of being stepped on. And this is. Like, they see the Jokers, which is weird, they see the Jokers, like, murders yeah. of these... Um, like, kill the rich. The, the Wayne Enterprise The three guys, guys on the, the train. When he didn't know they were Wayne Enterprise, again, all this stuff is yeah. incidental to what actually he's doing. He's just like, oh, remember when he's being interviewed on TV, he's like, he's like so you paint your face like a clown. Is that in light of the recent protests and the climate of the city? He's like, no. no. <laughs> yeah, he's just, like, calm about it. He's looking like an, a complete buffoon. Um... Okay, let me say two things that really felt like I noticed right away 
one of which is more abstract, one of which is clear as day to see. I love how they explained why he laughs. And then just the handing yes. of the card on the, the, the train or the subway or the bus or whatever that was. I was just like, oh, that's such a good take on it. And they even answered the the troubled past and the physical abuse that led to him having that mental... Uh, or actually, it's it a beca- physical, like he, because he it's had trauma. With, yeah. It was a trauma. It's like a neurological impairment that was brought on by physical abuse and like a rewiring of his brain through outside mm-hmm. skull manipulation. That's not a thing, but you know what I mean? But it answers that question about how somebody can just laugh continuously about some of the worst things in life. And But he's not, he. it's not funny to him in that moment. He, remember like when they're like, hey, you got a problem with something funny? And he's like holding his mouth, like trying to hold it. And he's like, no. And he's shaking his head and he looks like he's in complete agony. And then he's like, I'm not trying to laugh, but sometimes like this is what my body does in response to stress or pressure or discomfort. Mm-hmm. And Joaquin Phoenix, God damn, did he do such an excellent job. If this guy doesn't get some just nominations and buzz around Academy season, it's because someone is not paying attention. He did such a phenomenal job. And do you notice he was in every single scene of this movie? There was not one single scene without him. He was this movie. Mm-hmm. So oh, cool. absolutely. Second thing I noticed that like really stood out, even though it's a more of an abstract concept, were we supposed to maybe correlate somewhere with Thomas Thomas Wayne, Bruce's dad? Yeah. With our current presidential situation? Was there like an undertone of that? Like the rich and powerful guy who unassumedly takes a stab at office, which he really isn't served for. He's rich, he's powerful, and he's calling people clowns, and they're rising up against him. And I didn't take it that way. I felt like there was some symbolism there. Okay. And just the way he acted, and the way he spoke, and said anything he wanted, and he incited a lot of... He, like, fed into his own death inadvertently when he's like, oh, they're all a bunch of clowns, and they don't know what they're doing, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know... Joker, before he did what he did to Robert De Niro, Robert De Niro's character, Morty Freeman or something, something like that. Like that. Yeah, said you get what you deserve. You know, this is what happens, mm-hmm. and that's the same thing. Then the guy said when he assassinated Tom Thomas Wayne. You know, he's quoted that back. I'm just like, are we supposed to? And he almost looked kind of Trumpish. I didn't. I never once put that together. And I, I am not the reaching type. Yeah, I just it could I be though. That. It it could be. When you see an abusive power in a movie, you just associate it with Trump yeah, and his abuses uh, of power. True, it could be. Yeah, or you could totally be right, and and the filmmaker like kind of inherently is. I trying don't think to he'll ever put would, ever admit there, to that. But, would you believe this? Is the same guy who did hang, the Hangover trilogy. Well, it shows that he's he's not just a one trick pony. Yeah, good for him. I I think this is by far. Probably his best work. I yeah, mean, for for me personally, in my taste. Yeah, at least that I know of. Yeah, and and it was you just, know, it just was... that Oscar thing that you were talking about. Yeah, How I could totally he not? agree. I mean, he did such a good job. His facials were just and incredible. It, it, you know, it worries me though because the simple fact that this is at the core of it a video a video game, excuse me a comic book character. I wonder if like the Academy will be like, no, we're not going to entertain that, or maybe they'll nominate him because they're like okay some people want it but really we're never actually going to choose him here's the thing if if they not only nominated but also awarded heath ledger best supporting actor for you know his his turn as the joker in dark knight how many years ago that was and i granted you know maybe there was this it's not like cool to speak about but maybe there was a sentiment of oh he died no totally if he was still if he was living i don't know if it would have worked out the same way but 
if that was good enough to, again, not only get the nod, but get the win, how could he not? And he was, like I said, this movie, it's got to be best actor, at least a consideration. If they nominated Johnny Depp for Pirates of the Caribbean, the first one. Did they really? Yes, he was nominated no for way. that. Yeah. And granted, that could have just been Disney like, hey, you know, give us a little rub. Whoa. And, you know, who knows? Who knows what That's goes on? bad. Yeah. I mean, he was fun. He was cool. It's iconic. One of his characters, for better or for worse, but I'm like, really? Ugh. God, I, yeah. I hate those movies, dude. I'm oh, just gonna straight up say it. Yeah, they're they're bad. Hate them. Walking Phoenix, freaking amazing. He's become like a Daniel Day Lewis type, like just like well, he, if, he's if, elusive. Have you seen him on like real interviews, like on talk shows? We don't shows? know if that's really him, though. Well, the thing is, on talk is shows, that his character. He he's is? just no. He has no, he literally has no personality. And is but is that a character? A character with no personality? I, I mean, maybe, but I I also think it's because he becomes the character of whoever he's playing yeah. per movie to the point where he's lost who he truly is. Yeah. And that sounds really sad to say, but oh yeah. I, I, when you see him like being interviewed, somebody will ask him a question and he'll be like, yeah, I mean, sometimes. And then the host is just like, can I okay, get something I guess more? I'll just ask another question. Yeah. You know, like there's never a dialogue. It's very weird and it's almost uncomfortable. I kind of like watching him though. For that same reason, I liked watching him as joker or arthur fleck it was just yeah and the way they they revealed certain things about like he actually never was engaged with and in love with the neighbor girl it was just a fantasy in his head which they told you but it wasn't obvious i was like oh no he actually found someone as weird as him and like they're okay with each other but then no it was just happened to be like him fantasizing yeah and they they make it so that as a viewer you're like, no way that would ever happen. He comes in in clown makeup and just starts making out with her. And she's like, yeah, let's go do this. Yeah. And then they form a relationship out of that when she's attractive and totally normal. And he's pretty freaking crazy and funky looking. Yeah. Like the audience is sitting there going, wow, that guy. Good for him. Got real lucky. So all of this bad stuff going on in his life. He's got that one thing that's that's a good win. Something that's actually and then keeping you find him out sane. It's just in his head because yeah. he needs he needed something like that. Well, and they told you that was coming because um, you know, remember when he first sits down to watch TV, he sees himself in the audience, which would later become a reality mm-hmm. by the time. So yeah, he has escapism in his mind. He has fantasy as a way of uh, coping. He was sad, but also he was like you can't justify him just going on live tv and killing a dude that scene was freaking uncomfortable but really captivating um okay well, and I, the, the the few murders this, this did not have a lot of but they're all killing. pseudo justified pseudo well, justified sure. yeah like you could sort of. understand I mean, why. not really but well the first three on the train well he he killed two of the people that were attacking him and the other guy tried to run away and then he just gunned him down that's right. when you knew it was just for that, pleasure yes exactly because he was not at peace until he first started killing he dances a lot in this movie, but you notice he didn't dance until no, no, his, I totally, his first yeah. kill. That was they were, he only danced after killing. Yeah. And, that, and that's when you that's when you as the audience and he the, as the character realizes that he's only happy. Like the only happiness he feels and that that freedom, uh, mental freedom to dance only happens when there's chaos and when he's killing. Yeah. yeah. Because it's like when he's finally like not having to make other people happy. Um I wonder if those stairs during that, you know, they even shown you from the previews that came out half a year ago. I wonder if those stairs are like now becoming a landmark, you know, like people go and run the stairs that Rocky ran, right? And Philly and go, yeah, there's wonder- a lot, I, there's a lot of pictures of people. Uh, of course, there was something the on Reddit about that. Oh yeah. I'm not surprised. 
Whew, there's still a lot to unravel in this movie. We are running we kind of long on time. All I got to say as a like a summary, I did not think based on the previews and even the subsequent follow commercials as the movie came close to release that this was going to be that good or I was going to like it. I was blown away. I really, really liked this movie. It felt like an adult comic movie. It didn't even feel like a comic movie. It felt like just a, a good psychological drama sad as it may be, portrait of someone's descent into madness, but realization of who they are that just happens to be based off a comic character. Like, if you didn't call this Joker and he didn't wear the clown makeup, I'd still be like, really cool No, movie. totally. But totally. then I'm like, this is one of ours. And then once you once you add the Joker in there and you're like, okay, I'm putting the puzzle pieces together with the director and the writers at who this person is going to become. Exactly. And I didn't and think it, it was going to be... a little as... extra kind of fun as you watch it. Yeah. And I just remember thinking from the previews, like, Okay, who asked for this? Who wants this right now? And it doesn't. And then look afterwards, like you're like, I did. I yeah. asked for this. And then I didn't. Of course, I knew in somewhere in the back of my mind they were going to do a Bruce Wayne tie-in, and yet, well, he was in the previews. I don't remember seeing that. I don't remember thinking about it. Um, and that was such a good tie-in. And like, but doesn't like. And this can just be a standalone movie. They don't have to be like Joker Two: Escape from the Asylum because it's just like no, it's perfect where it left off. Let it be awesome i really liked it i will say though really cool so i agree with you this could totally stand on its own and i would 100 percent respect that but there is something in me that feels like there needs to be the yin to the yang okay and batman and joker are in every way opposites and that's what makes them so good to watch when they're against each other you didn't necessarily get that sense from this movie i i didn't i i felt like this was the rise of a character i know yeah but there was no you know i He's the, obviously the antagonist. Yeah. There is no protagonist trying to take him down, unless you literally look at like the elite or something no, like that. Everyone's just trying to prop him up, um, or just life in general. Yeah, but like there is something to be said as a comic book geek for that that versus feel that you get from two people with very equal but opposite abilities. Yeah, you know, having some sort of battle like good versus evil, and that wasn't here. It was just the rise of evil, which I liked as a whole. But if they take this Joker and they had a completely different Batman and they have two different multiverses of DC, I would not mind that. You can have the Suicide Squad on one side. Just don't let it touch this type of movie. Yeah, exactly. Let let Joker be its thing. And if you want to bring in a Batman with it, I'm okay with that. But not with this Joker. Well, no, I'm totally okay with this Joker, but it has to run the same feel of a movie. Oh, okay. It can't be about... Action. action and explosions. It has to be about story and psychology. Like even as you know, heralded and as praised and forever hallowed as Heath Ledger's Joker would be, they were two different Jokers, very drastic. very much so. Yeah, and this one just worked the best for me. Not that it's a comparison. Not like the the filmmakers set out to be like, ooh, let's outdo anyone. Let's make them forget about Jack and uh, Heath Ledger. And then, well, who would actually ever remember um, Tobey Maguire? What's his name? No, Jared Leto. <laughs> remember when Tobey <laughs> Maguire was the Joker to- in Spider Man Three? Toby, yeah. I was like- <laughs> let's be honest i mean he was basically a joker in the movie movie. was a joke but this thing was just it was awesome it was so cool (laughs) he was awesome guys awesome you guys need to see it so let's give it a rating i I mean for me okay and i'm gonna give it okay you go first a plus you were giving out numbers before why do you keep switching didn't i gave it a you gave a nine to all the games so shut up what are you i'm gonna give this a 9.9 jeez which is an a plus in my book 
And if ever there, and I'm going to tell you why so high. Nah, nobody cares. You know, they do. Because the one scene that just put it over the top for me was the mur- one of the murder scenes when he, the, the little person can't reach the deadbolt. That was, because they did such a good job of like, oh, this isn't funny, but I can't help but laugh. And you felt like a joke. I felt like the Joker. Like, I'm, I shouldn't be laughing. I'm the only one laughing. And I'm like looking around like, why is no one else laughing? This is funny to me. And then when the little person steps by him and he's like, ah, and tries to scare him, <laughs> even though the guy's terrified and just witnessed a horrible thing. He's like, ah, it's funny. Yeah. That scene alone was awesome. And there were other times when he's like doing a stand up or when he's the only one laughing. And then I felt myself wanting to laugh. Mm-hmm. with him but almost at him very evocative movie 9.9 best movie of the year so far for me i really like this movie too i think it was everything that it set out to be um and i think it was a, a solid like positive surprise for a lot of people probably one of the best comic book based movies out there and overall just a good movie comic book or not i would probably give it like a 9.3 or something like it's way up there mm-hmm. but it, it's, I, it's hard for me movie. to like it's hard for me to like really put it above some of the actual comic book movies you know avengers type stuff that i really really enjoy because so different, those though. will always stay in a different place in my in my heart that they, it's like i don't know how i could say that this movie is better than it was this movie's those. not fandom based it's you know what i mean oh it's, it's like quality movie making based yeah, yeah. Good stuff. We're winding down, which means it's time for our two last pieces of business that we're going to do with you. First, the shadow of the synopsis provided to me by Brandon. Play along at home. Let's yeah. see what it is. And this one's going to be a little bit quick. So just has to be. for ease of it, I'm just going to call this the main character in what I'm about to read to you, Bob. Bob is not his real name, but it's just easy. It's, okay? You're using protected names. I got you. For Bob, performing stunts is a way of life, Okay. even though he is rather accident-prone. Poor Bob cannot even get any respect from his stepfather, Frank, who beats him up in weekly sparring matches. When Frank falls ill, Bob devises his most outrageous stunt yet to raise money for Frank's operation, and then Bob will kick Frank's butt. I know this. Oh, is it Hot Rod? Take your final answer. The movie? The hot movie? Yeah, hot it is. Rod? Yeah. It's Hot Rod. You, and I mean this nicely, you kind of have a, a thing for Andy Samberg. He is funny. Like, I want to bone him. I, I could, dude, I'd be the what's the number one? <laughs> it would be. He'd be like telling jokes all the time. What's the number one quality that we would like to think that a girl looks for? AKA, hey, we're not that hot. I think Andy Samberg is, is hilarious. And yeah, that is. Brooklyn Nine-Nine is. One of my Pro- favorite shows. It's proof of that. It is yeah. awesome. It has his blueprints all over. Well, cool. I'm glad I got it. Thanks for making it a little softer, but yeah, that was like his first real break. Yeah, his in name film. was Rod, and I made it Bob. And so, no, but without that, I think <laughs> yeah. I had a sense of it. That was a, a sleeper, funny movie. All right. So, give us our final thing our awesome quote in geek history. Okay. This week's week, haha, <laughs> this time around's <laughs> awesome quote in geek history. I'm going back to the Gears franchise. In the past, I've borrowed from it before, but this time I'm making it exclusively from Gears 5. It's uh, when one of the new characters kind of really gets introduced to Marcus and his gruffness as an old man. Check it out. We need an actual target. Uh, if we're selecting target, shouldn't someone with real military authority be here? It's Foz, right? <clears throat> yeah, yes, sir. Shut the fuck up, Foz. Yeah, sir. Well, we hope that you'll STF you after you've listened 
to the random fandom with Brandon and Brandon. Don't be a Foz. Be a Marcus. Thanks for being a fan of our fandom. We'll talk to you again next time. I'm not going to say soon. Next time. And stay geeky, everyone. Goodbye.